Satsang Podcast by Sri, Communicating from Oneness. Ideally, we would like to experience a world where people only say nice things to each other. There's harmony, there's unity, there's oneness, there's love, and there's peace. Certainly, if you ask most people, most intelligent people, if this would be their ideal, they would say yes. However, we notice that the nature of the divisive ego, the mechanism that arises in the waking state, is such that it feels a lack or you feel a lack when you're in ego consciousness. And because of that lack, there's a sense that you need to get filled up. And the nature of the ego is also such that if someone says something to you that's pleasing, then you'll feel good, you'll feel happy, you'll feel elated. If somebody says something to you that's not pleasing, you'll feel pain, you'll be upset, you'll get defensive, you'll want to fight back, you'll get angry. So when we understand the workings of the human mechanism, then as the aware being, as the yogi, as the meditator, we can work with this mechanism by seeing how it functions. So in communication with others, if you start from the premise of that it's one being, my own self everywhere, there's no one out there that's for me, there's no one out there that's against me, because there's no one out there that's separate from me. It's all just a play of the consciousness. Just like all the birds are chirping and singing their songs, some are pleasing, some are not pleasing, but there's no identity with them having to be a certain way, so you're okay. In the same way somebody can be saying something terrible to you in another language, but you don't know the meaning, so you're okay. So we see how much is based on your own ego's identity and interpretation of what is being said. So again, as the meditator, we start from the vision of oneness. And from that, we speak from that. So what that means is that that purpose of you communicating is to bring joy to your own self everywhere. This is very different from the way most people communicate because most communication is based on trying to get your point across. The other person should understand me, should accept what I'm saying. However, what I'm sure you've noticed, certainly what I've noticed, is that no one really knows anybody else's mind. And when you see somebody that you've met before, you've already predetermined your conditions, your ideas of who you think they are, and that will be superimposed on them. So you're never seeing anybody exactly the way they are on the personality level. And of course, the personality or the ideas and the opinions are always changing as well. So you don't know if this person is the same now as they were a year ago or even five minutes ago. So we want to shift our perception in our communication as we do in every aspect of life as the one who's aware 
as the conscious being because we do want to create harmony between minds that will not agree maybe sometimes but not all the time and we want to live in a world that's peaceful so what this will mean certainly not being able to control other people and what they do and what they say and what they think about you or how they feel about you what this will mean was that is that you choose to put your attention on the one who is knowing you put your attention on the one who is pure free forever and that being you and that being the other person we're starting from a completely different premise we're starting from pure free forever and not from a divisive individual that needs to get his or her needs met and needs to have this other person in agreement or not in agreement with what you're wanting or needing so we start from the premise of oneness and we communicate from that perspective and we see that if somebody says something to you that the ego says is hurtful, the ego says it doesn't like, then you have the choice. You don't have to be in that person's company for sure, and you don't have to disagree with the person either. You can just acknowledge that this is their point of view, so there's no conflict then. The sense of yourself is your own greatness as that pure being. The sense of yourself is that you know pure free forever as you, not your ego identity, which is limited, which is made to feel small from your very childhood, when you're told that you can't do this and you can do this and you can do this well but you can't do this well and you did math, good in math but you didn't do good in spelling and so on and so forth. So now your sense of yourself is not that small person that needs to be made to feel big by somebody else's acknowledgement, by somebody else's appreciation. Your sense of yourself is the vastness that you are as that sky. And in that sense, there's oneness. The sense of the individual, all the bodies, all the forms, all the people, all the situations, they're changing. They're all different. They're all different manifestations of that same consciousness. Same with your ego mechanism. For the realized one, there is no ego. There is no I separate from the whole. So there's nothing that can be hit. There's nothing that can be hurt. Just like the sky, the birds can fly in it, the ver birds can poop in it, the airplanes can let off their emissions in it. Anything can happen in, in the sky, but the sky remains the sky. In the same way, you remain you. You remain that pure being. And from that perspective, your communication changes because there's no need now to get defensive. Somebody criticizes you, okay, that's fine. That's their perception, no problem. Not to say that you can't also give your opinion, which is fine too, but that will come rather than from a defensive stance 
It'll, you'll find another way to be able to communicate the same thing in a way that's harmonious. This cannot be figured out as a formula or a theory. If you say this, then you'll get that reaction. Or I remember reading books on how to be assertive and not to be aggressive. It's not like there's a formula that you can be assertive now, but you don't have to use aggression. That would be a formula of how to do it. It doesn't really come from that because that will always have exceptions. It will work in some situations and not in other situations. But what really does work is knowledge of the self. As I've said in many of the other podcasts, the only thing that's keeping you from knowing who you are is that avidya. The only problem that you really have in your life is based on avidya, which means the ignorance of the true self. I was thinking about this expression that people use, ignorance is bliss, and what this really means. Because as the yogi, as the meditator, we know knowledge, knowledge of the self is bliss, which is an ignorance. But if we look at that statement in another way, we could say yes, ignorance is bliss means that you're not buying into the ignorance that you're separate. You're now not ignorant to yourself, but you're ignorant to the ego mechanism. And that ignorance of the ego, which is knowledge of the self, is the bliss. Ignorance of the ego means that there is no ego. There is no sense of separation. You're not allowing that you're accepting yourself as pure free forever and not living as that individual separate being that suffers. So this is the way to communicate. Somebody comes and they're screaming at you, they're angry at you, to scream back is not going to be effective. But to first pause hear what they're saying, know that they might not even have a choice in this in the moment because this is their process, their mechanism, their mental functioning, which is not always as effective as it could be, and not really bringing them what they want because no one wants to be angry, no one wants to be agitated, but yet the system is reacting that way. So you just pause. You don't have to react. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. You don't also don't have to be in their company. Because as the one who's aware, you place yourself in the company of those that are also aware, of those that are supportive of the life, those that are loving, those that are generous, those that support your spiritual practices support your meditation whenever possible. So, when something comes towards you, there's a, there's a, Patanjali talks about ahimsa, non-violence. First, that means not being violent to yourself, not berating yourself or beating yourself up or thinking that you're inadequate in any way, because that would be doing violence to your own self. Instead, knowing that you are the self, and that is forever 
pure and free. Then, not doing violence to others through attacking, whether verbally, physically, or in any way, is also part of this. And what is the practice of ahimsa? It is that pause. It is not reacting with your mind, with your emotions. The mind and the emotions, they might react anyway. It's not like it's always under your control or your choosing. They just do react. But you as the being, you never react. So when the attention goes to you as the being, the reactions happen, just like the waves rise and the waves fall, but you remain you. So there's no problem then in pausing. Somebody says something or does something that you don't like, you don't react with anger. The anger might even well up inside, that's fine. That's a physiological reaction. But you as the master, you have the power to pause, to know who's knowing, to know the self. And then from that, the perfect response, the perfect answer will come and you'll be able to treat the situation totally, totally differently than you would if you just reacted from ego, if you reacted from emotions, if you reacted from mind. Now this takes practice, this takes liberation, this takes realization, but that's why we're here, to keep supporting each other in this knowledge of the highest, of the pure being, of the pure space, to support each other in our practices, to know that this is the greatest work and that you should acknowledge yourself and support yourself and appreciate yourself for even attempting to do this work of meditation. It's not an easy work or everyone would be doing it. But the way the human functioning happens without awareness, without meditation, doesn't bring you what you truly want. It might, as the saying goes, you might win the battle, but you're not winning the war. You might win the argument with somebody. You might get someone to do what you want, to control them or to manipulate them in the moment, but in the long run, you won't feel free. In the long run, you won't be happy. You won't be contented. So what brings about that happiness, that contentment, that purity of being, is to know who you are, is to know yourself as that immortality, as that blissful being that you are, and to remain established in that. We often give the example of deep sleep and how in deep sleep, no matter what anybody said about you or saying about you or is writing about you, is talking about you, positive or negative, you're completely unaffected. So as long as the mind is not functioning, the consciousness is not awake and dividing and using the ego mechanism as its sense of I, then you're fine. But of course, in deep sleep, there's no sense of knowing who you are either. Knowing who knows that being that you are. So, the nature of the self is to know itself. So then the waking state happens and all the problems arise because now you've woken up into your mind, into your ego mechanism, which has all these actions, all these reactions, and is based on gain and loss and dualistic vision. 
So as a meditator now, we know this sense of the waking state, we know the dream state, we know the deep sleep state, but now we wake up once more into the fourth state, into the knower state, and in that fourth state, in that knower state, there's knowledge that the other states are not really there. They're just changing, mutating, permeating movements of consciousness that are illusory, that have been identified with as the reality. So though that ignorance of the self is not bliss, ignorance of all of that which is changing and knowing it as unchanging, that's true knowledge and that's true bliss. So the sadhana continues because as the sadhak, as the one doing sadhana, as the one applying the means of meditation as your practice, you become aware that for moments you're knowing that oneness, you're knowing who you are, and you're living that awareness fully. But again, if you think that you've lost it, or if the waking state enters, you have to be reminded again and again and again that you are that pure free forever being. No matter what the mind says, you don't have to accept it. You never have to accept that ignorance of the self. And instead, you know, the bliss of the self is forever shining its self-effulgence, that you are, that light is never extinguished and you keep your attention there or you keep bringing your attention to that in meditation and the meditation will unfold perfectly and you'll come to know that Om Purnamada, Om Purnam, that whatever is taken from the whole, the whole remains whole and whatever is added to the whole, the whole still is the whole and you'll live in that shanti, in that peace. Om shanti, om peace. May this peace be with you always.